Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And on today's episode, we're going to be joined by the lead Spurs writer for News 4 San Antonio, KABB Fox 29. And he's also the lead Spurs writer for the Spurs Zone, the one, the only, Jeff Garcia. Jeff, it's been quite some time. How are you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've uh, jumped on your Spurs podcast. I'm glad to be back. And hey, the Spurs season's underway, and I'm pretty sure you got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Yeah, we got some things that we need to cover in this episode, and we're going to cover the good, the bad, the ugly, and preview the two games that are going to be coming up back-to-back for the San Antonio Spurs as they face the defending world champion Los Angeles Lakers in the dynamic duel of one LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And they're kind of tearing up the league right now. They they look they look pretty good. That's a going to be a monstrous task for the San Antonio Spurs. Let's put it that way, Jeff. Yeah, you look, uh, they are the defending champs. They only got better. Added Montrezl Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. And yeah, they're still clicking on all cylinders. Looks like they're on a mission to repeat, defend that title. And hopefully the Spurs will put a little speed bump along the way for them in the next couple of games. Yep, hopefully. So let's go and dive into this and let's go ahead and recap basically what's been going down, you know, as the week gets started for us, which this recording will be released on Tuesday, uh, early Tuesday, as when when listeners tune in and listen to this. But we're recording just to go ahead and let you guys know the day before. So me and Jeff are recording on a Monday evening uh, as we go ahead and talk about the San Antonio Spurs through the first three games of the regular season. And Jeff, I got to tell you, you know, I didn't give the the team much uh, confidence to start the season. I, I thought the Grizzlies would actually hand the Spurs their first loss of the season. And to mm-hmm. my surprise, that lineup change that Coach Pop put out there, inserting one Lonnie Walker and then Keldon Johnson in that starting five, uh, it kind of rejuvenated the, the whole starting five, the whole lineup there. Uh, and they played with a lot of youthful energy. Uh, they had, you know... They play great at both ends of the ball, should I say, on both ends of the court, both offensively mm-hmm. and defensively. Uh, they were just all over the place. I mean, the team was just flying everywhere. They were just putting it to the the Memphis Grizzlies from a defensive standpoint. Even though the game was high scoring, uh, Spurs got a win, 131 to 119. But you did like what you saw early on, you know, the team competing out there mm-hmm. at such a high level. And again, you just love to see both Keldon and Lonnie out there doing their thing. Uh, what did you think about that? Uh, I thought it was a great move. I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer. You really thought about it. The Spurs want to go with their youth movement, so they're doing exactly that. And actually, you know, Keldon knew a couple of days before um, the official announcement that he was going to get the start. And from what I've been told, it was like kid coming home after getting all A's on his report card. I mean, just was very ecstatic, very happy about it. And – uh, kind of surprising a bit considering he had missed the entire preseason and missed a bulk of the uh, team training camp. So that just shows you how much they have invested into KJ and that he is going to provide that spark, that energy. Energy is a word that is tossed around a lot when you talk with players about Kelvin Johnson, just a ball of energy. We've seen that so far. Like no fear going to the rim, hitting the three-point shot, Joe, uh, still – you know, being that big body that he is and bullying his way, uh, dropping double-doubles that we saw in the last couple of games. All in all, you know, he is coming along nicely. And also, too, you know, that lineup itself, Lonnie and you know, KJ and DeMar, 
it's just basically a continuation of the uh, bubble is basically what you're really seeing right now. And yes, LaMarcus Aldridge is back, and they're trying to get him incorporated into the system. We'll see if it pans out. It's still early. I know a lot of Spurs fans are down on LMA right now, but give it time. He was away from the court for quite some time, dealing with a shoulder injury. I, th- I still think he'll come around. Um, just maybe take him a little time to get adjusted to this new system. And it's a new system that Popovich is stressing whenever we chat with them post or pre-game. Really think about it, Joe. The Spurs have been adopting this up-tempo, faster-paced uh, style of play. It's just only been here for about a year. And yeah, they really got a real test in the bubble. So yeah. players are still adjusting. This team just needs time, Joe, and we'll see what happens. It's one of those conversations where you say, you know what, get to me at the midseason point. When the first half of the schedule is over, let's see where this up-tempo style is going and which players fit in this style. Yeah, no doubt, man. And, you know, I'd like to point out, this was an interesting game. There were seven lead changes in this game. The game was tied three times. Um, and I'm looking over here. I'm looking at, okay, turnovers for the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs had 17 over 17 turnovers against the Grizzlies. Or I'm sorry, not 17, should I say. They had 10 turnovers. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the points. San Antonio had 10 turnovers. Memphis had 11. Memphis was able to capitalize on those 10 turnovers by the San Antonio Spurs and turn those into 12 points. The Spurs were able to capitalize on the 11 turnovers by the Grizzlies and turn that into 17 points. Bench points were almost dead even. Memphis uh, one-upped us by one as San Antonio's bench scored 30. The Grizzlies scored 31. Biggest lead was San Antonio. They had an 18-point lead at one time, and Memphis Mm -hmm. had a 10-point lead, which the Spurs actually looked really good climbing back into the game once they had went down by 10 points. So you got to give credit to them and, you know, what the coaching staff was able to do with that lineup change. They looked kind of sluggish in the first quarter, but then they brought it on in the second and they kind of didn't look back. They just looked stellar from that from that point going forward. But points in the paint, you know, Memphis kind of outscored the Spurs and points in the paint, 66 to 60. But one of the things that I think San Antonio did really well uh, in this game in particular was they defended the three. You know, mm-hmm. they, they made Memphis kind of be pretty pretty honest from beyond the arc. And that's not something that San Antonio has been known for, Jeff. Going into last season, uh, they were just letting teams chunk up threes like nobody's <laughs> business. And they they the perimeter, uh, let's say, uh, defense was in question. Uh, this outing against the Grizzlies, the Spurs were keeping them at bay, were the Grizzlies at bay, as they shot only, they only made 10 of their 27 attempts from beyond the arc, good enough for 37 percent on the night the spurs they were doing a little bit better than the grizzlies from beyond the arc connecting on 10 of 25 attempts and they shot 40 percent you know from the three so there you have it you know spurs are, are doing their job jeff i mean what did you think about the ability for this team to defend the three early on oh i mean that it's huge defense is an issue that the spurs needed to address in the offseason and they done that uh, they drafted Devin Vassell. They're bringing Trey Jones. It's more of a focus on defense uh, this season. Uh, there were times where the Spurs, um, just look at last season, Joe, giving up leads and their defense would collapse. And this, so far, at least through three games, we haven't seen that um, too much where they're just giving up their leads. And uh, you, you like the defense intensity. And here's the thing, Joe, you look at um, – they're plus minus, you know, as much as they're doing great offensively and as much as they're doing better defensively, they're plus minus still a little too close for comfort. 
you know, still around a 4.7, a plus 4.7, which is good. You know, they're getting wins, but again, they're not closing out games. Look at that number. Uh, They're not beating teams handily. And I get it, Joe, we're talking about just three games. You know, you got to give it time. These are young guys mixed with a sprinkle of veterans, but you like to see that plus minus get a little bigger as the season progresses. Uh, Because as they say, Joe, and you know this, I know this, your listeners know this, you can't win games, let alone titles without defense. And they have to bring that back. We saw what happens when defense isn't a priority or at least is suffering last season where the Spurs were near the bottom of the NBA in defensive statistics. This season, they're a little better. You want to see that get better and it will get better once uh, Derek White gets back, Joe. Oh yeah. And that's the thing is that Derek White hasn't even been with the team and they're already looking a little bit better than they did last season, especially on the defensive end. And as I stated, the ability to defend the three, I think uh, Pop probably really instilled that on them <laughs> during uh, you know, their practices. <clears throat> you all need to de- defend the three. You can't just let yep. teams just, just chunk up threes on you guys because when they were getting killed from beyond the arc, I mean, it mm-hmm. was hard for this team to climb back into games when they were just letting the, the opposing team's offense just go off on them. And when you have really good, you know, three-point shooting teams such as, you know, like, uh, for example, the Houston Rockets, who were just shooting an outrageous uh, amount of three-pointers on the San Antonio Spurs. And basically, Mm -hmm. they were just blowout wins for the Rockets. The Spurs really didn't uh, put up much of a fight except for one time when Lonnie Walker went off on the Houston Rockets last season. And that was his kind of kind of uh, coming out party. But if it wasn't for the, the the heroics of one Lonnie Walker, this this game would have easily gone the other way for the Rockets. Overall, Joe, this Spurs team is looking good. Look, they, they lost to the Pelicans. Look, you're not going to win all 72 games, although Popovich did joke saying, you know, his dreams of winning 72 games and no losses is, were dashed. But look, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen to the best of them Yeah. You're going to even see the Lakers at one point lose bad, and everybody's going to make a big stink about it when it's just is a normal process through a long, grueling season. This was the first time they had a back-to-back. That was the first time that they didn't ha- have to experience that since, well, pre-pandemic because the bubble was very structured. There was no back-to-back games uh, out in Orlando last season. Look, two-and-one start is great for them, and I think um, you're seeing the foundation of something that can only get better as the season moves on. You mentioned Lonnie Walker. Uh, one knock on him has been his inconsistent. He's consistently inconsistent, but this year he is consistently consistent. Double figure scoring, doing things on both ends of the court, attacking the rim, showing off his freakish athleticism, and being a facilitator. So so far, Lonnie has been living up to that um, well that expectation of him showing the next step. And that and for me that was always and even for him I think uh, he would agree is is being consistent. And so far, we've seen that at least through three games, Joe. Yeah. Of course, with every game, with everything, you know, there's there's still concerns. Um, you know, one and I, again, we have to couch this. This is just three games, so you know, it's hard to really gauge what this team's going to look like without a larger sample size. But you can already see some trends. First trend for me is start is slow starts. Yeah, they've had a couple of slow starts. I think uh, they need to clean that up as the season moves on. They need to know when it's time to put away a team. They they had their chances against the Pelicans to really knock them out and perhaps be 3-0 right now. They didn't take advantage of that. And also, too, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, at least the Pelicans lost 
And look, they, they don't control the ref's whistles, you know, but I mean, you want to go to the free throw line eight times? And how many times did the Pelicans go? 29. To the free throw line? Yeah, 29, 29 times. So you have to say, okay, well, get your aggressiveness going and attack, attack, make the refs call the whistles on your opponents. But all in all, Joe, really, really good um, start to the season. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you, you don't want you don't want to give him like an A plus 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 because not an A plus plus. I, I give him like a solid B plus right now. B be better once Derek gets back, and also if LMA gets going, if he's committed to the three point shot, Joe, it really hasn't been panning out yet. It hasn't, but you know, I wanted to bring up something that I've I've observed throughout these uh, first three games, Jeff. And one of those things that kind of concerns me is. The Spurs fall behind by double digits, you know, against the Memphis Grizzlies. They went down by 10. Then they come back and they play the Toronto Raptors uh, and they went Mm -hmm. down by 10 there. Then the next game, which is going to be against the Pelicans, they went down by as many as 15. This is not a trend that you want to continue because you're you're expunging a Mm -hmm. ton of energy to try to get back in in the game. So you're expending a ton of energy both on the defensive end. And offensively, you're trying to hurry up. You know, you're not really getting set. You're trying to go ahead and keep the opposing team's defense on their heels. So you're going to go ahead and do one thing, which is what we've seen the Spurs do to kind of come, kind of climb back into games. And that's run out out there on the open court. They've looked great yeah. when they're out there in the open court running. I think that's one of their strong suits, pushing the pace, keeping that pace going, you know, that hectic pace that we like that makes the game exciting. Um, and when they kind of get away from that and they start getting into more of that half-court offense, that's when things don't look as good for them. They start getting lethargic on the offensive front. There's not a lot of movement. People just camped out, sitting around. But then again, you know, when they start coming back in, you see some movement to the offense. You know, mm-hmm. the opposing, well, you have like, you know, for one, for example, you have Yaka Portal who goes out there and sets hard screens or picks, you know, and then you get somebody like Patty coming off a pick or a screen, then he gets wide open and knocks down a three or just knocks down a long two. Um, so mm-hmm. you like to see that. You need to see some fluidity. You need to see some movement to the offense. And it's like Coach Pop goes back to saying all the time, when the ball sticks, bad things happen. And that's not the Spurs' strong suit. When things just mm-hmm. settle down, it, it's not good for them. And I did notice against Toronto, they did have an issue. And that's a glaring issue to, in my book. You know, one thing that we need to con- be concerned about is that they have trouble with some of these power forwards slash centers that mm-hmm. are long and athletic. You know, with the with the Toronto Raptors, they had that one kid that went off on them, Chris Boucher, who was in the G League yeah. in the prior season. This kid, power forward slash center, went off on the San Antonio Spurs. They didn't have an answer for his length, his speed, or his athleticism, and he scored 22 points on them. And this is a bench player for the Toronto Raptors, not in their starting five. Um, but he had a tremendous game for them, and he, he kind of impressed me, you know? Ten rebounds, the yeah, kid had well, one assist and seven blocks. I mean, he's no slouch, Jeff. I think he wanted revenge on the Spurs, especially for what DeMar DeRozan did to him last year. He he was the recipient of that DeMar DeRozan poster out in Toronto. Oh, So that is probably what motivated him just a little bit, you know, to try to say, hey, look, you're not going to punk me out again. Spurs, DeMar DeRozan. But nevertheless, yeah, uh, there are, like I said, there are defensive issues, you know, but for the most part, it's gotten better. They're not, you know, you know, totally getting creamed on uh, 
the defensive end as far as them holding teams uh, uh, on uh, from scoring opportunities. But Joe, uh, when you look at these three games, you like the pace. You mentioned that. I mean, they're among the league leaders in pace right now. They're 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 getting up and down. They are very north and south right now. Popovich even said it too. They wants this team to be a north and south team, and so far we're seeing that right now. Just full power attacking the rim. You see these young guys going at the rim. Again, Popovich told the media during one of the sessions recently that they want them to attack that, that rim, and they're doing that. I think it'll pay off. Now, they got themselves a, a couple of litmus tests ahead of them, the, the Jazz, the Lakers, the Clippers. We'll see where this Spurs team is at. But even then, even if they're picking up L's, as long as they're out there competing and learning and trying to get better, after the loss to the Pelicans, uh, Rudy Gay told media – that he's fine with the way the Spurs lost in the New Orleans game. Why? Because they learned a lot. And I think that's what you should be looking at right now in this season, Joe, is just learning and hoping for wins. But if you can get them both, I mean, that's just a bonus. Yeah, it's going to be a bonus. But, you know, I want to go ahead and uh, also talk about something else, Jeff. And that is, are we actually seeing the youth movement, the beginnings of this youth movement as – was promised promised by one coach, you know, Coach Pop, uh, prior to the start of this season. He promised that we're going to see a healthy dose of the youth movement, you know, and, and we're seeing that. And I think he's doing it in a, in a brilliant way by mixing the not just the youth that we have, you know, by changing up these starting lineups, but also inserting some of our savvy veterans to play alongside them. And I think DeMar DeRozan has kind of been our unsung hero to start, you know, these first three games. Oh, sure. The first two games, I mean, he was playing stellar, looked great. He had an off game against the Pelicans. I believe he only scored eight points on the night. LaMarcus looked horrendous with four points that he scored. Didn't really get going, didn't really get a lot of touches at all uh, to get in any type of rhythm. So he was kind of a non-factor. DeMar was competing the whole night against the Pelicans, kind of set the tone uh, for the team, I thought, even though he was just not having a good shooting night. But he was out there competing. You got to respect the guy for that. There was a one play, I think it was in the fourth quarter, Jeff, where he got fouled. And he went, they fouled him hard and he went to the ground. And he just, he just laid there. He was just, he was exhausted. He, he was given everything he had out there. Unfortunately for the San Antonio Spurs, it didn't go their way. You know, they didn't get the, the win against the Pelicans because they just had too many mental lapses on the defensive end. And that's going to go along with the youth movement. You know, you, you, you're you going to have to pick and choose what you want, Spurs fans. And you're, you love the youth movement. You like to see these younger players out there. But it also comes with inexperience, you know. And we kind of saw that uh, in, in, the, in the prior game against the Pelicans. Uh, to end the game, it was just a busted play, Jeff. Let's be honest. You know, Lonnie Walker had an easy path to the rim. There was nobody there. Everybody was guarding the three. If he had the choice to to do it again, I believe he would have taken the two, and then yeah. that would have given the, the the team the opportunity to go ahead and foul right away with an inbounds play, send him to the line, and hopefully they just make one of two, uh, and that gives the, the Spurs another shot at it. I just think that was a blown play. I think it was set up for DeMar to take the three, but since they were guarding him, uh, you know, it was hard for him to get his shot off, and he got it blocked by Bledsoe to end the game, and Lonnie was really upset with himself because he knew he had uh, blown an opportunity there. You know, he he had the opportunity. He could have scored, I believe, if he went hard to the rim, probably within two seconds. You know, hardly any time would have come off the clock. But it's a learning experience for Lonnie. You know, he's going to have to go through those growing pains 
And I, I think you sh- you kind of saw the same thing as the game ended, correct, Jeff? Yeah, and but again, you Spurs fans should not be surprised at that mental lapse that the kids had because we knew that that was good. This is the tone for the season, development. Pop said it before the season began or even around the season when the regular season that is began, that this is an extension of Orlando. The development process continues. That's why Rudy Gay responded the way he did following the loss, saying it's that he's fine with the loss because they're learning. And that's okay. Spurs fans know this team is in title bound. Spurs fans know that, you know, yeah, there's maybe a shot to make the play-in tournament. Uh, we know the team uh, wants to shock the world and make the playoffs. Yaka Prittle said that loud and clear recently. But if you saw the mental breakdown that Lonnie did or KG has one or, or White has had one or Vassal has one, that's okay as long as they're going to fix that moving forward, Joe. Yeah, I think they'll they'll fix things as the uh, season unfolds. It's just going to take a little bit of time and patience on our end. You know, I do like what I'm seeing out there to start the season, Jeff, the competitive nature uh, of the San Antonio Spurs right now. Like I said, with that mixture of both the youth yeah. and the I veteran mean, I, play. Um, yeah, competing. I like that. That's yeah, I, I love it. I think it's going to be instrumental to keep the team competitive. You know, the, the last thing we want to do is start those same – uh, tired lineups that Coach Pop was putting out there last season that really weren't uh, out there to compete. You know, he was trying to do the best he could with what he had, you know. But again, you know, going into this season, it's a different season. It's a different team. Uh, you like what you're seeing. And this team is looking promising as far as them being able to compete. They are. They do have some inefficiencies you know, on the defensive front. But then again, we know we don't have one of our better defensive players inserted into this lineup yet, which is Derek White. Uh, Derek White, when he comes back, I'm sure that the complexion of the team from a defensive, you know, standpoint is going to change, Jeff. I mean, what, I mean, that's kind of what you're hoping for. The thing is, though, the byproduct of that is whose minutes he's going to take away from. True enough. Like, likely going to be Vessel, you know, the rookie. Vessel's probably going to see his minutes diminish. Uh, could also signal him going to the G League uh, or the not officially announced yet, but I already know it's going to be officially announced. I think everybody knows it's going to be officially announced that the G League will have a season. It will be in a bubble-like situation in Orlando. You could definitely see Vassal and uh, Jones go out there. A possibility of that happening. We don't know yet. But Vassal has been um, providing some spark when he does get minutes in the regular season. He has gotten some. There was, um, I think he got some against the Raptors, I believe, where he was actually one of the league or the team leaders, excuse me, in the plus minus department. At one point, he was at a plus 14. But he's making the most of his minutes when he does get some run out there on the court. So White's insertion, as much as it's going to be welcome, is, is going to come with the ripple effect is that somebody's going to get their minutes cut. And likely it's going to be the rookies, maybe KJ. You know, do you – who somebody's gonna have to come off that starting lineup without White, you know, yeah. or is White gonna be okay uh, coming off the bench? I, I think this is a good problem for the Spurs to have, Joe. It is. You know what? I I like Derek White uh, and his ability to run the point. I think if they have him coming off the bench, that's a good thing for the San Antonio Spurs because it allow the Spurs to rest their starting five and still remain competitive. And then you have Derek White out there, who's great not just on running the point, but also playing defense out there and drawing charges, which is his new favorite thing, as we saw in the bubble, you know, going Mm -hmm. out there, getting the chip tooth, just putting his body out there and 
just taking the the hit, you know, a la one Manu Ginobili. So you, mm-hmm. you got to love it. You know, he kind of sets the tone. And I believe by Coach Pop putting him out there with that second unit, it does give the team that ability to be competitive, you know, when the when the starting five has to come out. And again, you can also play him and you can play him alongside uh, DeJounte Murray at times as well. And then, you know, bring Derek out to, to rest and put in Keldon Johnson, you know, which mm-hmm. is going to help. So there's a lot of different scenarios that Coach Pop can run out there at any given night, you know, dependent on lineups. So it's exciting to see what's going to happen with Derek. It's, it's a good problem, like you said, to have uh, Jeff. Yeah, and he's only going to boost the Spurs in several categories. So uh, right now, the uh, Spurs are among uh, league leaders in assists per game. Uh, currently, uh, third in the NBA at 30 assists per game. And we know uh, Derek is a facilitator, so that's going to help the Spurs uh, long term. Uh, you look at also the defensive side of it. We know that one of the things that Derek White can do is block shots. He's one of the better shot blocking guards in the NBA. Right now, the Spurs are tied for second in the NBA with seven blocks per game. So he's going to help boost that as well. And of course, he's a great free throw uh, shooter. You know, the Spurs currently are ranked a third in the NBA in free throw percentage at 83%. So it's going to be a welcome addition. Just embrace yourself, everybody. Somebody's going to get the minutes cut. Yeah. And, um, hey, you know, if it means moving KJ to the bench, great. Who wouldn't want to have KJ come off that bench, providing that energy that he does? If White is okay with accepting a bench role, great. You know, that's a Manu-like uh, player um, that's going to be willing to sacrifice his starting role uh, to improve the team's depth and punch. So all in all, Joe, we said it before, we'll say it again, a good problem for the Spurs to have. Yeah, it is a good problem. So as we start kind of winding things down here, one of the things I'd like to do is I'd like to kind of pick your brain as far as stats go. And so I'm going to call out some stats and you let me know what your, your I guess, your excellent analytical skills uh, will say about these stats, Jeff. So points per game right now, the Spurs, they rank 11th out of 30 teams. They're averaging about 115 points per game. Um, and also, you got to admire the pace. You know, they're ninth out of 30 teams. Their pace is at 104.5. Their offensive rating right now is 13th out of 30 teams at 110 points, you know. So their defensive rating, they're 11th out of 30 teams. Uh, and they're at 105.5. Uh, so you kind of like a little bit of what you're seeing right now. It's early on. It's a small sample size, three games only. But you can see that the team is is much better than they were last season, Jeff. I mean, what do these te- kind of uh, the statistics kind of tell you? A good start. That's what it tells me. A good start. That this is a good foundation for this uh, young team to grow upon, and that that will have its ebb and flows. But this is a great way uh, for the season to start. Imagine if they drop their first two games. Um, yeah, they, they'd fight back. They'll say, you know, the right things to say post game. You know, oh, we'll get together next game. But you don't, you next game, you don't want it to affect their psyche. So two and one start is good. Those numbers you rattled off right now are great. I hope they get better. Not, they're also not surprising. You know, the pace, not surprising. We know that Popovich said last season that they want to go more up tempo. We're seeing that come to fruition right now. For more, for me though, Joe, what's more important that I'm going to be keeping an eye on is the defensive statistic. This team can't score. We know that Demar Derozan, uh, 
Lonnie Walker so far, you know, proven to be a consistent scorer. Uh, who else we got? Rudy Gay score. Patty Mills, he's FIBA Patty. He's scoring. We know this team has offense. You got to watch the defensive numbers as the season progresses, Joe. Yeah, that we do. So as we bring this to a close, we're going to look ahead right now to the next two games that the San Antonio Spurs have. And that starts with the game tomorrow, or should I say it's going to be tonight as of the release of this podcast against the defending champs, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, and they have them, like I stated, on a back-to-back, Jeff. They play them on the, on the 30th. And I believe, what was the other date that they play them? They play them on December 30th and on January the 1st. So it's on a Wednesday and a Friday. So one of the things been the, the first time the Spurs fans get to go into the AT&T Center, but that's been pushed off. I, I think the city made the right call, doing the right thing and keeping the city safe and the fans safe. You know, it'll happen, you know, and it's and it's due time, Jeff, and it's due time when it's when it's the right time to do so. We'll have fans back in the stands again and it'll be a special momentous occasion, Jeff. They're hopefully that when they allow fans back in, it's going to be an unveiling of the, the Fiesta theme court. You hope so, but again, look, you know, I was able to talk to Popovich uh, recently, I think it was on Saturday, this past Saturday, about, uh, again, this was ahead of the announcement that they're postponing the January 1 date. And I asked him, I go, Pop, you know, you know, there's a lot of eager spam. It was actually for the home opener, excuse me. It was for the home opener. Um, you know, I asked Pop, I go, so there's a lot of eager fans that want to come in, but, you know, you got the whole COVID thing going on. Your thoughts? And he gave me a great answer. He said that the the team misses the fans dearly, that he wishes that the arena was packed to the max. Um, but he just repeated over again, it's just not smart. It's just not a smart idea, that they needed more information. That information that we know now is that San Antonio's numbers are on the rise. So all in all, it was a great move by the city of San Antonio. You just hope that the Spurs fans are understanding. And when they do allow them to come back, even if it's in a limited capacity, which it will likely be, don't think just because – you know, just pretend two weeks from now they say, oh, great fans, come in. They're not going to pack the entire arena. It'll be in limited capacity. You just got to work with it. You just got to roll with it, Joe. Yeah, that we do. And as we look forward to the Spurs and the Lakers matchups, the Lakers got some length, Jeff. And I got to be honest, this does not bode well for one San Antonio Spurs. Um, you look at this and you're like, okay, LeBron James is their small forward and he's no slouch. He's like a, a, a train a train wreck coming at you, like, you know, just going to mow you down. Then you have Anthony Davis as the power forward. Then you have one Marcus Gasol at the center. And then you have Montres Harrell as another power forward that's coming off the bench. This could pose some issues for the Spurs, you know? And then you have Markeith Morris as well as another power forward. Um, I don't know, Jeff. I just think that the Lakers are going to feast in the interior, you know, points in the paint. I see this going in the Lakers' uh, direction, unfortunately, yeah. for the San Antonio Spurs. They're going to have their hands full because if you double LeBron James or you're kind of trying to double and triple team Anthony Davis, somebody else is going to get open. And then you have, what, Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder. At, you know, Dennis Schroeder's their point guard. Uh, Kyle Kuzma's their small forward. So they're, they're just going to have their hands full, especially with the attention, again, that LeBron James and Anthony Davis will bring. It's it's yeah. going to be tough. It's going to be a tough defensive matchup for the Spurs, uh, Jeff. What do you think? Look, uh, the Lakers are a tough matchup for any team in the league. They really are. I mean, name a team right now that can go uh, against the Lakers. You know, I mean, not even the Clippers. The Clippers right now, at least they're starting their season. Uh, 
kind of a you know what show. Yeah. So uh, the the Lakers are just a handful. They like we mentioned before, Joe. They only gotten better. They, you know, they they really did. So you look at the matchups. You say, okay, well, who's checking LeBron? Lonnie, KJ, okay, great. But then who's checking Anthony Davis? LMA, Pirtle. So they just present headaches for any NBA team, not just the Spurs. You just hope the Spurs remain competitive, learn. These young guys see, you know, a veteran like James in action. Uh, you hope Jakob Pirtle is serviceable to contain Davis. But, you know, perhaps a wild card out there is probably Trey Lyles. I mean, maybe you throw him out there. Uh, you know, he's a little bit more athletic than uh, Jakob, but I'm being generous there. Maybe he can keep up with uh, Anthony Davis. All in all, it's going to be an interesting test. I mean, Dennis Schroeder, you know, quick, savvy, you know, point guard, veteran, you know, he's going to have to battle against um, DeJounte Murray. I think that would be a nice matchup to watch. Montrez Harrell, energy guy, spark plug, bully. You know, so all in all, Joe, it's just, it's just the Lakers, man. You just go out there and cross your fingers you do your best. Yeah, we, we just hope the Spurs have enough in the tank to – be able to compete. I think they're going to be able to compete and stay with them probably for the first quarter, maybe second. But I just think that length, that athleticism of, of the Los Angeles Lakers and that one, two points that they have, you know, they have a great starting five and they also have some solid pieces coming off the bench that can pose issues for the San Antonio Spurs second unit as well. So they're really going to have their hands full uh, on all front, on all fronts uh, coming into these, fir- these two matchups that they have against the Lakers. So very interesting indeed, Jeff. And I want I want to see who's going to be able to guard Anthony Davis. You know, you would think, okay, power forward, maybe Lamarcus yeah. will be able to, you know, spend some some time on uh, one Anthony Davis. But if you do that, Lamarcus isn't the fastest guy out there on the on the court, so he could get into foul trouble early, and that could spell doom for the San Antonio Spurs. You know, so again, it's going to be interesting to see what Coach Pop does. Is he going to tweak the lineup? Will he start Jakob Portal in place of one LaMarcus Aldridge or he's going to place LaMarcus Aldridge and Jakob Portal out there on the court together? I mean, we, we just don't know what's really going to happen. If I have to assume, I just think Coach Pop is going to keep on rolling out what we've already seen for the first three games. Uh, do you think he's White comes back for that game when they need wow. all hands on deck. Wow, that would be something. Yeah. I, I can't believe that. If 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 Derek White does come back, that would be a, a, a really a good thing for the San Antonio Spurs. It'd be like a, a shot of adrenaline to this team yeah. and might just give them that little hump, you know, to get over, to put one over on the Los Angeles Lakers. That would be amazing, Jeff. But I got to ask you a question. And it's one thing that I've kind of noticed, and I think other Spurs fans have noticed this as well. Going back into preseason, what's going on with Trey Lyles? He just doesn't quite look like himself. I don't know if he's still battling some type of lingering issue, like an injury, something of that nature. He just does not look like himself. He just looks kind of out of rhythm. His shot isn't falling. It's looked horrible in preseason play. And then you come into the regular season and his game just isn't where it needs to be. And neither is his shot. I don't know what's going on with him, Jeff. I mean, is there anything else you can tell us? Neither do I. Um, All I can think of is uh, maybe the situational thing. I mean, the matchups didn't play in his favor. I mean, he did come in the last game. I guess the Pelicans hit a three, I think it was the Pelicans, or it was a recent game. Uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, you, you know, you you hope he gets better. You hope that he gets more playing time. 
He also, just like Lamarcus Aldridge, has been away from the game for quite some time due to injury at the uh, appendectomy. So you 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 look at Trey and you saw what he did before the pandemic shut down the season last year. You you would hope that continues. He just could be a rhythm thing. Yeah, we just don't know. It's, again, the three games in, uh, you throw in the preseason as well. He's not looking good to start the season. Let's chat about that later on in the season if he's still playing at this subpar level. Yeah, it was just concerning to me. There's something that I've noticed since the preseason got underway. You know, he just hasn't looked himself. And it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they came out in the, the next couple of games and said, oh, we're, you know, we're going to put him on the injury list for a uh, you know, nagging injury that he might have. Uh, and that just, you know, they just kept it quiet of him coming into, you know, preseason play. And it just wouldn't surprise me if they came out and said, he does have some type of injury going on with them. But I got to ask you before we bring this to a close, Jeff, one player in particular, can you name one player that has really impressed you this early on in the season? Yeah, Lonnie Walker. Uh, consistency. Uh, that's been my thing uh, to watch for with him. And so far, he's done that through uh, three games. We saw last year where we'll have a great game and then kind of fall off the map. Uh, for a while, and then you have another good game, and then you know get quiet again. You like what you're seeing out of uh, Lonnie. He's doing it on both ends of the court. It's not just the the, the uh, offensive production that you're seeing out of him. It's defensive production. Fifteen point three points per game. Fifteen point three points per game, Joe. That's great. Keep it up, <laughs> you know, Lonnie. You, you. This is I, again. I, I know it's very very early in the season, but. He's having career highs in scoring. He's having career highs in field goal percentage, career high in three-point percentage, 47% shooting, career highs in rebounding for a game, career high in assists, 1.7. And then, of course, um, you're looking uh, just to hope that it continues that way. Is he going to have an off game? Of course, it's going to happen, but you hope he bounces back. So Lonnie so far has been a pleasant surprise for me. Yeah, I got to say, you know, going into the prior season, we all kind of talked about it. Even our, our good friend James Pledger is one of the first guys to really point this out. Uh, and I and I kind of rolled with this because he was correct. You know, we really didn't know what Lonnie Walker was. You know, he didn't really form his identity. And, and it was because of minutes, you know, um, matchups and, you know, just him kind of being unsure of himself, you know. And now you're seeing him really starting to come into his own, like you said, that consistency is really shining through. He looks very comfortable out there in the Spurs system. Uh, he's kind of knowing his role a little bit more now. It's more defined. Uh, and I think it's just being, a, a, you know, that's just going to show you what the coaching staff has done. And not only that, but also what Lonnie Walker has worked on in this offseason. He just looked like he just came in and he was ready to play from from game one. You know, even in preseason, he, he was on it, Jeff. So you got to commend the young man for for being ready to go, you know? Really do. All right. So as we go ahead and bring the show to a close, Jeff, where can everyone follow you on social media and also check out the great uh, Spurs articles that you have going on over there at the Spurs Zone? Yeah, go to the Spurs Zone, News Force uh, San Antonio and Fox 29, SanAntonio.com. We've got a great um, set of articles for everybody to enjoy from the new New Balance shoes that DeJounte Murray uh, line is uh, trotting out. I just put it this way, they're Fiesta colors, Joe. So, you know, Spurs fans love them. So go check out what New Balance revealed recently. 
And I think Spurs fans will like them. I, I like them too. I think they're really, really good. There weren't the player edition that he only gets to wear, but man, they are really good. Also, did you know that, and this flew under the radar, Joe, and I was surprised they didn't get picked up, especially in San Antonio, but the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame recently announced that Becky Hammond is an eligible candidate for the Hall of Fame class of 2021. Go check out what the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame had to say about Becky's eligibility. And, of course, you can always catch uh, post-game comments, pre-game comments from uh, Popovich at the Spurs Zone uh, throughout the season. And subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. And follow me on Twitter at Zone. Yeah, well, there you have it. Give Jeff to follow. And I'm also a frequent contributor for the Locked On Spurs as well. So you'll hear me doing double duty on two shots and you'll hear me quite yeah. a bit on Locked On Spurs as well. Now with your new YouTube show. Oh, yeah. We got a new YouTube show as well that I'd like to mention before we uh, bring this to a close. It's called At The Line. And it's a post-game show that we're doing after every Spurs game. So you can catch that on twitch.tv forward slash At The Line. And you can also find us on Facebook at the line show and also on youtube at the line so look for that after games uh, it's me along with uh, our good friend ty yeager and former spurs pa announcer jonathan sanford we all have a good time uh taking live calls uh, from the san antonio spurs fans and getting their reactions to what's going on in the context of the game so it's a lot of fun keep an eye for that you know and like i stated after spurs games we'd love to interact and talk with you guys it's it's always fun talking with the fans, right, Jeff? It really is, and you guys do a really good job at that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And you can also follow me on Twitter because uh, I'm that's where I'm, I'm usually at. I'm on Twitter uh, with talking with Jeff and everybody else. We can we kind of dive deep into the world of geekdom, <laughs> all things geek. Uh, so we have fun with that. We got to have a, a good uh, kind of an outlet from the everyday, uh, you know, sports world, right, Jeff? That we do, and uh, with no Mando, that series is over. We're at the channel, our nerd focus somewhere, and it went to Wonder Woman 84, and let's just say, yeah, they were, they were not good geek comments. Yeah, I, I, I watched the movie as well, and I'm going to be doing a, a review on that with our good friends over at the Countdown City Geek Cast, which I'm a part of as well. And you can catch our movie reviews there at Countdown City Geek Cast on Twitter, Facebook, and on YouTube. Uh, I know what you're going to say, Jeff, but... Really quick, what would you give it out of five stars? What did you think of Wonder Woman 1984? Two and a half. Oh. Um, And I get the setting, 1984, uh, early 80s. Uh, I get all that. And as a child of the 80s, I wanted to see more of the 80s vibe to it. And didn't really see that. Okay, fine. This would be me being nitpicky. But as far as delving into the comic side of it, is lackluster. I argued before the uh, you know fans were allowed to watch it that a good twist would have been that Steve Trevor is back because he's really Martian Manhunter. Yeah. And in the trailers where you see him getting used to what's this? Oh, that's a trash can, and oh, you know, wearing the clothes and everything. I said that makes sense. You know, for those who know who Martian Manhunter is, he's seeking refuge on Earth. And he's, a, he's a, able to shape himself into, you know, other life forms. And it made sense. He's getting used to it. He's getting used to Earth. He's, he's hiding and hiding. You know, he's probably aware of Wonder Woman. He's confiding in her. 
And I thought that would have been a great ending just to twist it around and be, okay, it's Martian Manhunter. Yay, we got him. He's finally in the DCEU. And no, didn't get that. Uh, overall, you know, I, I liked um, Pedro Pascal's performance. But if you really break it down, he was just a genie's lamp. That's all he was, making wishes. <laughs> It was a bad, a bad, the bad sitcom reference there from I Dream a Genie. All right. Genie, yeah. <laughs> wishes. There was no, nothing beyond that. And, uh, you know, I was just I was really disappointed coming from Jenkins because, you know, she usually puts out some good uh, movies when she's in the director's chair, but this one fell short. I, you saw no connection, no connective tissue to the DCEU at all whatsoever and i get the setting you know bruce wayne is probably a teenager at best you know uh, the jla is not even a thing yet if they're going to go that route but you could have hinted at something you know you could have hinted at shazam you, you could have hinted at black adam you know when she's spoiler alert everybody when she's inspecting the the genie's lamp so to speak quote unquote there's like all these messages and pictures of other artifacts you know would have been a great joke if she's flipping through the, the artifacts and she picks up one and she just makes a smirk kind of like well this guy's gonna be a problem and then she puts the paper down and it's like the symbol of dark side you gotcha. know the omega line, you know or on, on the table you see a, a piece of paper with a drawing of the shazam symbol you know just something just some sort of connection to the dcu you never saw that and it, it was slow pace at times. And, you know, the, were there any positives? Yeah. You know, I liked the first flight that she had when she learned to fly. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, the way she introduces the the, the clear jet, I thought that was kind of cool. You get an idea of that. I had more fun with the beginning part when she's a kid, you know, training than I did in the season progress, as the, sorry, the movie progressed. Um, yeah, it, you know, just not making it easy for the DCU to compare with Marvel. I mean, it's just one drop of ball after another. And you, oof, you, you know, I stick to their animation because their animation is top notch, but live action is something to, to wonder and scratch your head about like, why can't they get it together? The closest to near perfection they've had so far is Man of Steel and Shazam. Shazam did a great job of connecting the universe. They didn't do it in your face. They didn't do it, you know, uh, where it's obvious. It was just hints, like when the little boy, he had a souvenir of the Batman uh, weapon in his room. Great. You don't need to put Batman in the Great. We just know he's around. You know, when his little cartoon drawings, Joe, at the end of the, during the credits, where he's showing he has a crush on a Wonder Woman. That's good, because in, in the comic book, he did have a crush on Wonder Woman. You didn't have to throw it out there. But they just can't seem to get it together, Joe. Yeah, I, I can feel you on that. You know, to me, it was just kind of a missed opportunity. You know, the the film was all hype and no substance. You know, it lacked mm -hmm. in, in the actual story itself. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it just it just didn't deliver. And, and to the casual fans that are going to watch this, they're going to see this and they're probably going to be like, ah, it wasn't bad, but it didn't wow them. You know, and that's the thing is DC has that opportunity to wow the fans and really deliver. And, and this was, again, you know, just lackluster and just didn't deliver. And it was a uh, ho-hum, you know, forgettable. Yeah. Just like, eh. 
there were moments in they were at the fight falling asleep. And they were really those moments <laughs> oh, I'm gonna fall asleep, but and I get it, they're playing up the love story between her and her boyfriend, and it's fine, but I think that dragged on a little bit too much. Um uh, you didn't really see a dynamic, more of a dynamic between her and Cheetah. I think I would have loved to have seen that, you know. Kind of was not liking how Cheetah came to be Cheetah. Yeah, uh, you know, I uh, you didn't. The one moment where I thought, okay, this is her, this is Cheetah, is when the is when she was attacking her in her armor and she was just shredding it apart. I go, okay, cool. They're showing that she has some some power to her. That's great. But then after that, it just turned into uh, a trapeze act where they're just swinging and swinging and swinging and swinging and swinging and swinging and swinging. I never seen him ready to throw. Did he really throw? And I was like, ah, so whatever. You so want to see some with... some thrown hands on there. You wanted to see yeah, Wonder Woman they, get toughed up. It was just, it was just a uh, acrobat. It was like going to the circus and seeing everybody swing from uh, side to side. And uh, whatever, it's over. I'm moving on. <laughs> well, there you have it. So go ahead and check out Wonder Woman 1984 if you have the opportunity. If you have HBO Max. Or if you want to go ahead and check it out in your local theater and you're able to do so in a safe manner, check it out. And then you can go ahead and, you know, tweet us and, and let us know what you thought about uh, this movie or this film. And it's weird because it is a premiering on HBO Max for free and in theaters at the same time. So, hey, kudos to HBO Max for doing that for the fan base. Yep. Thanks a lot there, uh, HBO Max. But. All right, whatever. It was a stinker. (laughs) Jeff, it was a stinker. Yeah, I think my problem is that I expect perfection in everything. When you go from the Nolan Batman trilogy to Marvel to um, Shazam to Man of Steel, um, the Mando, you you know, you get, I set up my expectations way too high with this stuff. Yeah, uh, we won't even get you started with the Star Wars. That's a a podcast for another time. <laughs> yep, it's now because then you'll hear me cuss. Yeah, yeah, and maybe we can get you still at some point in time. We can have a little impromptu watch party with Pledger because he keeps calling you out about not watching Rise of Skywalker. So that is that's something that has to be done eventually. I have not seen it. There you Confuses. go. <laughs> we'll we'll get there eventually, Jeff. One day it'll happen. All right. Well, thank you so much again for for joining us, Jeff. I greatly appreciate you, man. And that's about all the time we have for tonight's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. So like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, we're out. Peace.